Did you know that nearly 9 out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, but, you know, I think we're heading to more of a market like Australia has. Mm -hmm. The reason that I brought it up is looking at, you know, this taking place and starting in 2019, we started talking to our teams very openly about it at that point, you know, and and the fact that they needed to become more of an advisor than an agent Mm -hmm. and just rely on the commission. And the hardest piece was, you know, 2020 and 21 was craziness, you know, it was massive sales. I mean, the agents, who would, you know, think at that point when you're making the most and it's, you know, so easy houses are flying off the shelf that there's a problem mm-hmm. you know we really wanted to to emphasize that they needed to focus on you know really becoming that expert and that advisor and not just relying on the commission and so you know the best thing that that we did was make sure that we had this setup moving forward like we do now welcome to the real trending podcast where your host tracy velt senior director of data and content interviews the brightest minds in real estate Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, secrets to success, and lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, uh, today I'd like to welcome to the podcast Renee Mueller. She is the president and co-founder of Elite Real Estate Systems. And um, Renee started investing in real estate in 2000, became a licensed agent that year. She opened her own brokerage in 2018 and she expanded into core services, which includes basically all of them, mortgage, title, property management, insurance, investing, coaching. In 2020, Renee partnered with Jeff Cohn and expanded all of their core services, offering them to brokers and teams nationwide. Last year, uh, she and Jeff finalized details for their reorganization and officially formed the holding company, which is now Elite Real Estate Systems, or ERS. So welcome, Renee. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to see you again. I know we have uh, met in person. We had the pleasure of meeting in person at Gathering of Eagles last year. So that was a wonderful event. Give you a little plug there. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you embarked on this huge project with Jeff um, to reorganize the company. And I know a lot of brokers are really interested in that. And, and obviously with, with margins as compressed as they are and with everything going on in the industry, core services are a huge part of a you know, way to kind of make up that, that um, income. So let's start at the beginning. What was your actual goal with the reorganization and what spurred that um, decision to do so? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, as you as you said, I started in 2000 with investing and and eventually got my license because I thought that's where you know you, you'd get the good deals if you were a licensed agent. And so, looking at how this industry has changed over the years, you know, obviously we, we need to all be less reliant on the commissions and and those dollars coming in, um, and look at how we can make the company more sticky, if you will. So setting up uh, for success, you know, having the core services, we had some marketing partnerships, you know, through the years and obviously um, some great partnerships with 
regard to title, mortgage, insurance, you know, some of the loan officers that we worked with over the years, but really looking at how we could make the company, um, again, a, a lot more sticky and, and a better investment for those coming in, uh, not only to the C-suite and to the ownership groups, but to the agents. And that's one of the biggest things that we've noted over the course of the last three years with the setup. Now, We've gone through a lot over the last three years, starting with COVID. You know, 2020 is when Jeff and I actually truly partnered. Um, we started talking about a partnership in 2018. We were both licensed, um, had very successful teams, and it, it just, we needed to go to the next level. And, um, and so that's when we partnered, like I said, in 2020. So imagine everything opening in 2020, you know, mortgage included, um, and, and what that was like. So our focus was really shifted back to helping the agents. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't happen fast enough. But here we are. So, you know, 2024, which is unbelievable to say. And um, yeah, we, we have the setup. So you touched on, you know, the reorg. So the, the point of that is to have a holding company, not just have all these different um, ancillaries and you have a brokerage, right? But but to have the setup where um, we actually have shareholders, we have investors in the company, we have the synergies across all of those um, all of those verticals, and that makes a difference. So you've got you know one chief of AI say over all of those companies, you've got one president, you've got you know and, and all those synergies, it just makes sense. And so um, with the all the ancillary services. What is the the ownership, or what is the the business model of those? Are they are there any marketing um, agreements anymore? Or do you own fully own all of your core services now? We we fully own all of the core services right now. So title, mortgage insurance, property management, the coaching company is part of that, and there's coaching across all of those verticals, and investing is also part of it. Um, so obviously, we started in Nebraska. That's where we're based out of. That's where ERS was founded, and morphed into what it is today through a lot of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, we'll say, um, a lot of time invested. But so we do have the C-suite. I think you and I talked about that just a little bit, which is Jeff, founder, uh, CEO, we, myself as president, we've got a um, COO, which is also, um, he's also serving as our chief of AI. We've got a CMO and, and then a whole traverse of people underneath of those. So all of which have um, the ability to own in, invest in. Uh, most of our C-suite, uh, we either have them uh, earn in equity or the ability to buy in. And so then over the course of um, time, they, they have, uh, again, a little bit more stickiness, if you will. We've got most of them will have uh, three to five years of being fully vested before you know, they, they are able to, let's say, cash in those shares if that's what they want to do. Um, and we've got a great team. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest thing I can say. We finally have the right people involved, the right team involved to move forward fast and furious. Yeah, that's so important. And I know that you're in, I think, 15 states now, correct? Yep. Depending on the vertical, we're in 15 okay. states. So there's a few that are harder as far as mortgage and insurance go. You know, insurance is, right. is uh, struggling. I mean, the prices have been outrageous over the last few years, um, but especially this this last 12 months. Um, and so there's states that we definitely don't want to go into, but uh, most for the most part, we have 15 states where we have mortgage, title, uh, insurance, um, property management, not quite yet. So it just depends, like I said, on the vertical. Um, and we started beta testing this last year 
with the teams and brokerages that reached out to us. Some of them were already in, in coaching powered by um, ERS. And so we started really just beta testing to see perfect the tech, the tech stack that we have, perfect the um, processes, perfect AI. Um, and that's one thing, you know, we'll talk about just a little bit as well, but, you know, so really looking at the um, uh, setup of all of that and, and seeing what we needed to change before moving on to where we are today with going what, what we call public in 2024 and giving the uh, ability publicly for people to partner with ERS. Yeah. And so you decided to go the ESOP um, route, which is employee ownership. So tell me, you know, about that process and decision. Yeah. that So if those that do not know what an ESOP is, the Employee Stock Option Program, it starts with uh, having the ability to look at a, a bird's eye view of a company and see, you know, we've got all of these different entities. Are there synergies across the board with them? You know, how do we, again, make it more sticky for those that we want to keep in our world, not just the C-suite or investors, but also the agents. And so looking at the setup, um, it takes all of those verticals, little mergers within all of those verticals, and then where we are today, actually, legally, having what's called an A reorg done. And there's many benefits to having an ESOP, not just on the company side of it and in the setup and having the ability to invest in it, but then also looking at the tax structure. You know, there's obviously, we didn't want to have uh, uh, any sort of um, tax uh, event that was taking place. And so in order to have all of those different verticals and entities roll up into one without having a tax event, uh, this was the best setup. This was the best thing that we could do in, you know, really just looking at everything. And so an A reorg is the first step before you fully become an ESOP. And so that's where we're at at this point. And the next step would be the ESOP. But but we, again, you know, just looking at the the setup and, and making sure that it's exactly you know, correct for everyone. The synergies are there. Uh, the tech stack is something we can use all across the board um, and, and really diving deep into it. So. Okay, great. Um, and so with, with, what does your structure look like now? Um, you know, tell me a little bit about how you're set up. You, you obviously have a holding company and then um, what is your ultimate growth plan from here? Yeah, Elite Real Estate Systems is the holding company, and then all the verticals underneath. And obviously, like I said, there's coaching within that uh, for each of those verticals. So the trajectory right now, if we're looking at the setup of of the company, the trajectory would be that we want to be in in 48 states. We'll say. I mean, there's a few that we don't want to go into, like I said. Um, but as far as the setup, I mean, are you looking more for the foundation of? how we set it up for profit sharing? Well, I guess yeah, that would be interesting. But I'm also looking at, like, if I'm a team or a broker looking at um, your company, what what is, you know, how what does that look like? Well, so again, it started as a coaching company, Tracy. And, you know, I think that's the, the biggest thing that teams and brokerages are looking for is everyone wants a solution, right? They want a savior. And, and what is that? And so we have uh, the, the right setup for anyone that wants to come in and, and have a plug and play, you know, the best solution for, you know, coaching their agents or uh, their brokerage. And, and that goes with partnering then with all the ancillaries as well. So um, again, we have mortgage title insurance, property management, and, you know, it gives them the ability to um, really just open the 
the floodgates to opportunity to the agents that they have. Again, not relying on just the commission, which is very important. So anyone wanting to partner with us, you know, we'll we'll go in and, and analyze how they're doing business at this point. And they can come in uh, and partner with us in any one of those verticals or all of them. And each state, we have the ability right now, our plan is to um, set up a JV, one JV in each state with those teams or brokerages that are coming in. And then they have ownership in all of that as well. And they can help expand. So we won't have a ton of JVs in every state just because of the workload that that is. We'll have one that everybody just basically ties into. So it's really similar to setting up an ESOP or reorganizing a company in that way. So you don't have all these, you know, tons of little groups that are doing things differently. Um, and, and like I said, all the workload that goes with that. So we'll have one JV and we will operate at, you know, our team, our organization will, will help operate all of that, obviously. So. Okay, great. Um, so let's talk about the hard part. These are the lessons learned through this process. So the process, I mean, really it, it's ongoing, but it took you about really three years, correct? To, to get to the point you are now where you're really kind of launching out there. Um, so Tell me some of like the challenges, mistakes, the the lessons that you've learned through the process, any sticking points that you had to get over. Um, you know, I feel like this is kind of the meat of the podcast. This is what really brokers want to want to understand. What are they facing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm happy to share that. Like I said, you know, we've we've made plenty mm-hmm. of mistakes and I'm sure we'll make plenty more. So I would say the the biggest things that, you know, in my memory that stick out as mistakes would be not moving fast enough, not hiring the right people in the beginning, not uh, keeping the eye on maybe the the management pieces as far as those people even are involved, you know, in the very beginning. Uh, and ultimately, uh, top of the list would be not making it sticky enough for the agents and, and the rest of the crew from the beginning because, you know, everyone wants to make the most and be the most productive and, and feel like they uh, are important and, and their owners. And so from the beginning, you know, there's that natural attrition for brokerages and teams, you know, losing agents and gaining agents. And we've lost a lot along the way because we didn't have the ability for them to invest in the ancillaries. You know, they, they wanted to have their own partnerships, their own um, way of doing business, which is understandable. We just, we, we didn't move quick enough. And starting in 2020, obviously a big part of that was COVID. And so really going back to, we took our eye off the target of creating this entity, found, you know, forming um, what we have today as ERS and went back to helping the agents try to survive and figure out how to do business in 2020. And we really should have just kept our eye on the ball with moving forward at the foundation and, and allowing more of a, uh, a way for them to invest at that same time. And it just, it wasn't possible at that point. So, you know, I, I would say that's the biggest thing that we all regret. And, and then again, not hiring the right people from the beginning. We have a, the perfect team now. Uh, everyone's on the same page. You know, we just, we scrambled and we were going in so many different directions. So just focus is is a big deal. Yeah, I know. I can't remember who said it, but they said, if you have more than than three priorities, you have too many. Um, and That's it's exactly so right. easy, especially when you're reorganizing this huge, um, you know, company that has, is filled with, you know, ancillary services. Um, it's easy to kind of get lost in a bunch of different directions. So, yeah, yeah, most definitely. So I just needed to push a little bit harder and, and, um, you know, the search was on for, 
the right people mm-hmm. from the beginning. It just, it didn't happen, like I said, fast enough. And, mm-hmm. and so here we are, you know, we're very fortunate that, you know, and we saw from that point, Tracy, that's the thing. I think, you know, some of the lawsuits, if you want to touch on that yeah. just a little bit, had started mm-hmm. um, the, the DOJ investigation, you know, again, back in what, 2019, yeah. I think. And so we were all very well aware of the fact that we needed to have a ship, yeah. you know, for, for protection mm-hmm. of those people around us and, and the teams and um, agents that we had. And so, you know, we were well aware from that point that we needed to make sure something was happening and that we were getting uh, the right pieces in place so that we could survive, you know, and have those, those paddles and, and could make way, um, you know, to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm glad that we are in the position we are now. We're very fortunate and just want to spread the word about what, what is available and what the right setup should be to, you know, not only survive, but thrive in markets like we're, we're heading into. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to, um, go to to my question about the commission lawsuit, since you brought that up. Um, you know, what are some trends that you're seeing out there in the landscape that, that really, um, may change the way the real estate industry operates and like, how have you structured your company to prepare for that? How, how are you preparing for that? Um, you know, despite the outcome, things are going to change. Um, yeah, yeah, they will. They will. I think, you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're heading to more of a market like Australia has, mm-hmm. you know, and we have from the beginning, and the reason that I brought it up is looking at, you know, this taking place and starting in 2019, we started talking to our teams very openly about it at that point, yeah. you know, and, and the fact that they needed to become more of an advisor than an agent mm-hmm. and just rely on the commission. And the hardest piece was, you know, once um, things started to open up again, as you know, 20. 20, the end of 2020 and 21 was craziness. You know, it was massive sales. I mean, the agents, who would, you know, think at that point when you're making the most and it's, you know, so easy, houses are flying off the shelf, that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we really wanted to to emphasize that they needed to focus on, you know, really becoming that expert and that advisor and not just relying on the commission. And so, you know, the best thing that that we did was make sure that we had this setup moving forward like we do now. You know, there's no, I mean, you can, you can coach all you want and, and teach on uh, buyer exclusive agency and how important that is. And, you know, what the agents should be doing as far as their presentations and, um, you know, let's focus on seller leads instead of buyer leads, you know, which you see, I mean, companies like Zillow suffering because of, you know, they're, they're really heavily focused on buyer leads. But, you know, I think the main thing is to look at the foundation of the company and, and what else is included, you know, what, what can you do, um, you know, moving forward and, and not just relying on the commission. So the, it, truly, you know, we are where we are. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled for that because, you know, th- this is, uh, if you call it a trend, you know, I, I would say, you know, moving forward, this is the trend that is going to allow for success. 2024 is the year to act, to make bold moves, tell better stories and build brands that endure. At the Thousand Watt Brand and Marketing Summit, we're putting real estate experts like you in a room with some of the greatest marketing minds around so you can turn your big ideas into action. Join us in Dallas, June 25th through the 27th for a real estate event designed for doers. Get your tickets at thousandwatt.net forward slash summit. That's one zero 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 w a t t dot net forward slash summit. And I have a question for you about the core services. I mean, it's a huge financial undertaking, obviously, um, you know, to do, especially mortgage. Um, 
So what, um, you know, how did you weigh the pros and cons of that and decide to move forward the way that you did? That's a great question, Tracy. And I would say that's probably on the list of mistakes as well. You know, everyone has um, a great deal of pride, uh, I think, especially in this industry, you know, and, and like I said, the, the agents want to have their own thing and, and their own partnerships. And, and that goes back to starting mortgage um, or insurance even, you know, it, I think you can choose to partner with someone and, and open a JV, let's say, or start your own from scratch. And after about the second year, a little, you know, a little more than that in, we all went, what are we doing? Why didn't we, you know, just partner with someone instead of, you know, starting from scratch? Because as you touched on, you know, mortgage was the most difficult to start from scratch. And I think that's why we're so proud now that we have, you know, 12 loan officers, um, you know, we're in, I want to say 14 to 15 states with mortgage. Um, You know, it's something to be very proud of. We had the, the, one of the best RESPA attorneys in the country at that point um, on our side. And I had met him at a conference, I think that was similar to Gathering of Eagles, maybe more focused on banks and, and mortgage companies. Um, and so just starting to visit with him on you know, the next steps moving forward and, and, you know, how do we set this up and how do we, you know, move to the next step and go correspondent from, you know, being just a, a mortgage company, you know, it, it takes a lot of money, a lot of stress, a lot of time. And um, and like I said, I think that makes us all more proud to say, look at what we've gone through, all the adversity. So, um, I mean, that was a great question, Tracy. But, you know, there was no going back after that point. You know, we'd spent enough money and time. I think in that second year, we just went, we've got to do this. We've, we're going to make it, you know, somehow if we have to, yeah. you know, sacrifice, uh, you know, uh, another piece of the team, you know, and, and we did. Like I said, we had that natural uh, attrition, but at the same time, you know, because our focus then was not on the agents themselves and building the team that we had um, even further, you know, it was more, let's look at the ancillaries because that's what it's going to take to survive. And then we'll rebuild the team or the brokerage. So. And is, um, is that where you are now kind of rebuilding the team and brokerage? That's exactly where we are now. Yes. So, and I think I mentioned before we started here that mm-hmm. we we are with Keller Williams, where mm-hmm. KW Elite is the name of the brokerage that we rolled up into the reorg. But we are brokerage agnostic as far as ERS goes. And so we'll partner with any um, team or brokerage that's the right fit, um, regardless of the brand. But that is exactly where we are with rebuilding all of the entities, but but most definitely rebuilding the the team part of it, you know, because they're obviously the ones that are supporting those ancillaries, giving them the true ability to invest in it rather than say you have to have a, a minimum of, you know, this much uh, time in the industry or this much business. Um, you know, we don't want to look at what they have to give us necessarily. We just want to make sure that they have the the ability to invest and feel, you know, like they're part of the team as well. Okay. And what do you feel like were like the best decisions um, that your team made in, in restructuring, um, whether they were, you know, kismet or just happened or whether they were actually strategically planned? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, most were very intentional. And that was the biggest thing is just being intentional about all of it, looking at what parts and pieces do we really need. Instead of just adding people and adding, you know, certain systems, the the best thing was really taking a deep dive, looking at what do we truly need? What can we get rid of? And, you know, I realized back, um, you know, in, I would say, 2021, how much of an impact AI was having on every industry, not just this one, but every industry. And so, you know, that was a, a 
a big thing to look at. Is there an expert out there? You know, who, you know, it's so stressful uh, and you can really get stuck in the weeds when you're looking at the setup of here's our tech stack and, and, you know, are the integration set up correctly and, and where's IT come into play? And, and so, you know, looking at, again, the right parts and the right people, we realized that we needed someone who was an expert in AI to come in and help look at, you know, how we can save money and get the right setup. And so, um, I would say one of the best decisions was again looking at um, you know not just the right setup but the the parts and pieces we need to save money in that setup and so we hired a, a chief of AI who's also serving as our COO and his name is Sean Quintero um, he's out of California and uh, a lot of our C-suite is actually kind of a hybrid model they're they're mostly remote very involved you know every day we we meet up and have our huddles and um, go over what needs to be done but I think that allowed for us to really grow and move faster than what we had been and saved a tremendous amount of money in the beginning as well. And so, you know, I think last year at the Gathering of Eagles, I heard one of the speakers make a comment about AI and how, you know, she was just going to ignore it and hope it went away. And I (laughs) thought to myself, that's the scariest thing I've heard. So it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, and so you had mentioned that you like saved, I think the first quarter, $40,000. Give me more specifics. Where, where is AI? um, How has AI helped save money? And are you using it operationally as well as in your tech stack marketing wise? Yes, most definitely, Tracy. And that's a great question. So just as an example, looking at the marketing pieces of it. So you can cut out two or three human individuals with certain pieces of AI. So just looking at the creation of uh, content, you know, you look at how much content Gary Vee pushes out. You know, we're not quite to that level, but we're getting there. And um, it moves a lot faster, obviously, when you have AI and all the right pieces in place. So you look at the the content creation, what it takes to you know have a podcast and create those videos and do the editing and um, you know all those so when you when you have the right AI pieces put in place, you can take a video um, or a podcast like this and you can create thousands of pieces of um, marketing from that with AI. So that's just one example, you know, looking at what it costs and and how much of a savings that is. Or again, looking at all the integrations, making sure you have the right integrations in place. We had had, you know, some of the same CRMs across all those boards, um, you know, and we had a couple different pieces. We had a couple different CRMs. We had, you know, we were using way too many pieces of tech and looking at what we needed to do to, to minimize that. And then, like I said, get the right integrations. And, you know, another example would be we have a grant writing team. And so AI is not quite to the level that it could be with regard to grants or grant writing just because of the, um, I think because of the regulations and, and you want the human component in there when you're looking at writing um, some of those grants. And so, but looking at the, the platform that we utilize to target the grants, I mean, that's something that AI is a big piece of. And then also with the writing, you know, not um, going into chat GPT or, you know, there's a few other systems, you know, Jasper, um, but we do have a couple pieces of AI that are different from that, that will help with the writing and um, give it more of a human component. And so, you know, you take a team that might be four or five grant writers and it's down to one and they're saving a ton of time because of AI. So those are just some examples. 
Yeah, definitely. I know. I um, I want to explore it looking for grants and scholarships for my daughter heading to college. I saw a couple of different applications that allow you to match them up. So um, they do. Yeah, there's yeah, and there's more and more every day. You know, we have about yeah. six platforms that target those. And yeah. I've got a daughter going to college in the fall as well, so it's been a little bit stressful. Yeah. I wish we had AI that would fill out the FAFSA form or something. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. required. You know, it's it's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great technologies out there, you know, and again, going back to even just looking at creating content, you know, you can create a video of, of yourself with sound that sounds just like you. It's not you, you know, talk about saving time and getting you out of, you know, several different buckets of things. So yeah, it's great for training. I mean, you can, you don't actually have to, to, um, you know, record all of those videos yourself and yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And there's a, another one uh, that we started using right away that's pretty easy. I think it's called Scribe. And that's something that you can have on your screen. Um, any of your employees, you can, or anyone, you can do the same thing. Have it on your screen. It records what you're doing. And then also we'll create an SOP so that, you know, that, that training video is something that's processed automatically, handed on to the next person that, you know, needs it instead of using that human component again to do all of that. So it's pretty incredible. It. Yeah, I love that. Um, I want to get a little personal here and talk about your aha moment in your career. It could be, it could have been early on. It could have been way before all of this. Um, but what is that most impactful kind of aha moment that you realized I want more or I want to change things or I need to do something different? Oh gosh, that's every day, Tracy. <laughs> I realize I want more. I want to do something different. Yeah. Um, you know, I think over the years, as fast as this industry, or some would say maybe not so fast, has changed, you know, the the things I look back on, um, I mean, I don't know if I've had really one big aha moment, except for the fact that, that maybe, you know, it, again, in 2019, um, looking at what was happening with the industry, seeing that this, there was a real viable um, chance that this case that, that the DOJ was going to keep pushing, you know, you, I mean, even before 2019, this, this was something that they were looking into and really pushing, you know, quite a, quite a bit. And just looking at the fact that it really was going to happen, we needed to make something change in our industry and in our, you know, ecosystem, let's say for starters. And it, it really seemed that it was just very apparent at that point that, you know, we needed to to do what we're doing now and, and get the setup correct. And so, I mean, again, I don't think there's been any real big aha moment as far as, you know, this is what I'm going to do in my life. This is, you know, it, it, this, for whatever reason, has always been automatic for me. You know, I've never really worked for anyone, Tracy. Um, you know, I went to college. Uh, it dropped out as a junior in college, knowing that I wanted to be an investor. I had already started investing in properties at that point. And I think Jeff's story is actually very similar. You know, you just, you, you get something in your system and, you know, investing was very natural. Understanding how money worked was very natural. Looking at, you know, how companies really work uh, and, and those synergies, you know, that, that are across those verticals, like I mentioned that we have, you know, it, it all has been not easy, but, but something that seemed just very natural to me and to most of those that we have in our world right now, which you just know at that point, you know, 
when we finally had the last hire, the last piece of our C-suite, you know, that, that what I would say was probably a, a real big aha, like, look at this. I mean, it just feels like, yeah. you know, glorious. Like we, we have the right people yeah. and we know it and it feels right. And it's, you know, it's just, the, it's the best thing. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I would say that that probably would be the, the biggest and best aha most recently. Yeah. It's the hardest too. I mean, you think you're, you're putting the right person in the right spot and you don't always know until they've been there. Um, and then you have to start from scratch. So, uh, that's, that's definitely huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, you know, I I think that that's probably something that's not real common, you know, it takes, Mm -mm. it takes a lot of time and years. So, you know, and yeah. I think, you know, Steve Murray would probably say the same for you, right? Look at this perfect person that, you know, you suit this role so well. And, uh, you know, it was great meeting with him and, and visiting with him. And I don't know that I mentioned this, but we did uh, receive our evaluation from Steve. You know, it was someone else that I reached out to um, almost two years ago now and just, you know, started asking questions. And, you know, he's so great with giving of his time and, um, you know, answering questions and very timely as well. And so, so we received our valuation from Steve Murray right before the event, right before the last gathering of Eagles formally received that valuation. And that's really how we started the foundation of, you know, here's what the shares will be worth. Here's what we need to do for the setup. Uh, here's, you know, how we'll handle the C-suite and uh, starting to raise our, our capital with those seed funds. And so it was just great visiting with someone who has been in the industry so long and he's you know, an expert in all things, um, and yes. answered questions. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone with the depth of knowledge that he has. And, um, he was obviously my mentor going, uh, going through learning about real estate brokerage. So, so yeah. Did you start from scratch, Tracy? I have to ask that. Uh, no, I actually, well, so I was the editor of Florida Realtor Magazine for the Florida Association of Realtors, um, right out of college. And then, I left to go freelance in, uh, I think it was like 2004. And um, Steve was someone I always really admired. I had interviewed him quite a few times. I called him and I started kind of as a contractor with him and then just progressed from there um, and built up all of the content for Real Trends. Um, so he had a newsletter at the time and basically it was him producing all of the content. So we came up with podcasts and videos and, uh, you oh, know, wow. yeah. a website and, yeah. and everything. Well, both of so, you probably yeah. have a, a unique view on AI sure. then as far as writing. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, my final question is just what's next for Elite Real Estate Systems as you start to grow your team and really focus on, on um, you know, the agents and brokers who are part of the system? Yeah. So what's next is exactly where we're at. We're, we're moving and shaking. And now that we're finally able to offer everything publicly um, with the reorg being done, you know, next step is formally getting the ESOP um, completed. And, and so we've got a short timeline for that. But I would say just continuing to spread the word and you know, let other brokers and teams know that there is um, this great ability to partner with someone who can help you through those turbulent times and, you know, the, the right setup in place, uh, again, being a plug and play is a big deal because there's, 
we've we've done all the hard stuff. We've made those mistakes, yeah. you know. So let us just come and help yeah. you move on to the next step. And so that that's for us, you know, just moving along with uh, all the expansions. And so we do have teams and brokerages that are set to uh, launch with us in this first quarter. And just looking at you know how many we will add um, each yeah. each say thirty days. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, thank you so much for for joining Real Trending and sharing all of that with us. And good luck on your your daughter um, <laughs> heading to college. I am with you in the weeds on that one. So we'll have to talk about that uh, so, again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll have to catch up and find out where they end up. That'd be great. We've got a couple of different options, and uh, she's still talking about applying to other schools and. I think some of the deadlines are February or January or something. Yeah, it's end of January, I think. So I know I need to get on it as well. So yeah, yeah. So well, thanks, Renee. Thank you, Tracy. Hopefully we'll see you at the Gathering of Eagles again. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.